the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed and I think especially good edition of Unite IE Radio, if we do say so ourselves. This will be a brilliant. <laughs> a brilliant. Session of the Unite IE Radio our guest says so. Our guest assures us it, it's going to be brilliant. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Greg Breton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Don Dix, the chapter leader of ACT for America and Corona, a nationwide grassroots national security organization. And uh, the aforementioned guest is Evan Sayet. He's a, both a serious uh, political commentator as well as a conservative comedian, and it's a great combination. He has a, back to 2007, the, or one of the top... Um, uh, videos. videos on on heritage and uh what prompted prompted us to invite him back today is an article he wrote on town hall called he fights referring to donald trump and of course he's got his website uh com, and he's gonna be at an event in you're organizing don we'll talk about that a little bit later well, welcome to the show evan say it Thanks, guys. But let me clear up some things. It wasn't one of the most. It wasn't, you know, a really good talk. My lecture to the Heritage Foundation, which Andrew Breitbart called one of the five most important conservative speeches ever given, remains 10 years later the single most viewed lecture in their entire history. Uh, let's just start there. Then we can, we can move on to, to the article. We can move on to the book. But let's at least lay that foundation, one of the five most important conservative speeches ever given. Absolutely. And your article is following suit in the footsteps of that video on townhall.com. Before we get to that article, Evan, there may be a few people out there left that don't know you, don't know your background. And I think it's always important when someone makes some of the transitions uh, politically and in worldview that you've done, it's important to get a snapshot of that. So if you would, for those listeners, take us back to uh, your origins in the entertainment industry, how you got involved, and how you made the transition from one side of the political aisle to the other. Yeah, well, look, I, I was born and grew up a New York City-born liberal Jew. Um, it wasn't a thoughtful liberalism. Guys, there's no such thing as thoughtful liberalism. <laughs> it was really what, what our friend Andrew Breitbart would call the default factory setting for somebody born to those demographics. I mean, I grew up knowing what Democrats know, which is that Democrats are good and Republicans are evil. Got I it. knew I was good, so I must be a Democrat. You know, Democrats like peace, Republicans like war. I like peace. I must be a Democrat. You know, Democrats like air. Republicans hate the air. I like air. I must be a Democrat. And, and this is what I just grew up believing and thinking, not really caring that much. Again, it wasn't like I read Das Kapital and I was this big leftist. It was just, I knew Democrats are good and Republicans are evil, and now let's go play, uh, let's go play softball. Uh, made my way into the entertainment industry by totally lucking out in a certain way. Just as I was graduating from college and looking for my profession, what, what life path I would take, 
this industry that had never really existed anywhere in the world, still doesn't exist in 98% of the world, stand-up comedy began to boom. They actually called it the comedy boom. Oh. And, and, and the reason for it was very simple. There was this brand new technology called cable television that came along. And suddenly, instead of only three networks needing to fill programming, there were a hundred networks that needed to fill programming, and 97 of them didn't have any money. Well, what's cheaper than a stand-up comedian? Right? We don't need a, a staff of writers. We write our own bits. Right. We don't need co-stars. We stand there alone on the stage. We don't even need a set. Just put us in front of a brick wall. So all these channels had comedians on. And what was particularly useful to them is as they were trying to establish their identity as a network, so there was uh, Lifetime, the woman, the women's channel, and there was BET, Black Entertainment Television, they could remain true to their identity so Lifetime could have three female comedians. BET could have three black comedians. So just when I was starting to, to look for a career, this industry exploded. They needed people. It was a seller's market. It turned out I actually had a... a just enough talent to keep ahead of getting fired as I kept getting better and better and better. Uh, and maybe that, I that applies to us too on the radio show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've noticed you guys. <laughs> every time you're just better enough that I say, okay, I'll come back one more time. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I made, made my way out to Hollywood, first as a stand-up comedian. Later, when my kids were born, I didn't want to be on the road the amount of time it takes to be a stand-up comedian, so I started writing TV shows. I wrote the Arsenio Hall show for a number of years. I wrote Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher for a number of years. Um, and, and all this time remained a brain-dead liberal. There was just, you know, Democrats are good, Republicans are evil, I'm good. What, what changed me, what began to open my eyes, is I, I call 913. Hmm. What I mean by that is 9-11 didn't surprise me. Okay, of course, I didn't know the date. I didn't know the targets. The, 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 the amount of carnage was sickening. But even as a brain-dead liberal, I knew just enough about the world to know that the same people who were murdering the Jews of Israel for no other reason that they were the closest infidels, who were murdering Hindus in India for no other reason they were the closest infidels, who were murdering Buddhists in Afghanistan for no other reason they were the closest infidels, would when they could figure out a way across those giant oceans, of course they would come to kill the big infidel, the great Satan. Yes. What really surprised me and, 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 and stunned me, I metaphorically call 9-12. This is the day after 9-11 and the liberal response to the attacks. The idea that we deserved them, that it was the chickens coming home to roost, and the way to prevent further attacks was to be nicer to the terrorists, this was insane to me. And so I had to think, if that's what a liberal is, am I a liberal? Mm. And, and guys, you know I have this expression, the first time you think is the last time you're a Democrat. Love that. So, and, so the, and you went, I recall your story, you, you went to a Republican meeting, and this was, you said, for the first time in your life that you heard a conservative discuss conservatives, conservatism in his own words. Right. It was the first time I'd ever heard from a conservative what a conservative believes. In the past, I'd heard from my liberal professors what a conservative believes. I've heard from, I heard from my liberal rabbi what a conservative believes. I heard from the liberal journalists what a conservative believes. But I decided in the, in the wake of 9-11 that 
that I needed to find allies who are willing to fight the Islamic terrorists. Mm. Because I expected to walk into this Republican meeting and disagree with them on every single issue. I expected them to have two teeth and a shotgun. Wow. I mean, I, I, right. I bought into, but there was only one issue that mattered. Because it doesn't matter where you stand on abortion if everybody's dead. It doesn't matter where you stand on, on the borders if everybody's dead. And I knew from my, my knowledge of Israel, my knowledge of these other places, that if Islamic fascism is coming here, none of these other issues are going to matter. You know, in fact, they're going to go after the liberals first. And Amen. when I walked into that room, not only did I hear from a conservative for the first time what conservatives believe, it was the first time I'd actually heard thoughtful, reasonable arguments for the things they believe. Because if you listen to liberals, they have no defense, no explanation for what they believe. What the, the only thing they have is hatred for anybody who disagrees with them. So vote for them because because Bush is Hitler. You know, vote for them because Trump's a Nazi. Vote for them because everybody who disagrees with us is a racist. But I actually heard arguments why lowering taxes stimulates the economy. I heard arguments that maybe I didn't always agree, but it was the first time I'd ever heard people who actually had thought behind what they believe, as opposed to the liberals who have just hatred for the other. Maybe we need to have you uh, speak to some of those Republicans up in Sacramento that need to hear some of those conservative beliefs who voted for cap and trade this week. we got to take a real quick break, Evan. Then we're going to come back and fast forward, everybody, to July 13th when you posted an article about Donald Trump called He Fights. It's been shared 52,000 times. <laughs> want to find out a little bit about your inspiration, which makes it one of the, t- the number top. One, number one article on Town Hall for eight days in a row. Yep. And eight, be- eight days. That's, that's unheard of, guys. Right. He begins his article, My leftist friends, as well as many ardent never-Trumpers, constantly ask me if I am not bothered by Donald Trump's lack of decorum. They ask me, if do I not think his treats are, quote, beneath the dignity of his office, Here's my answer, and we're going to hear Evan's answer after this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, There are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the program for the most important political office in the country, 
that of the private citizen. Amen. And we live it and we preach it here on the Unite IE Radio Show. We have on the phone with us a uh, conservative commentator, comedian, author, uh, guy extraordinaire from the... Brilliant. He's brilliant. He's the writer of an article that is trending on Town Hall, uh, the number one trending article for the past eight days since it debuted on July 13th, called He Fights. Greg gave us the opening uh, sentence. And uh, maybe, Evan, before we get into the uh, guts of it, what was your inspiration for this article? Well, I, I recognize, look, many of us do have concerns or, or aren't thrilled with, with a certain lack of decorum in this president because we so respect the office and we want it to be the way it's supposed to be, the way it used to be. Um, and I, so many of our side just feels the need to, to explain how it is that here we are conservatives, that this man's not a conservative, the evangelical supported him, even though he's not an evangelical. And so given that he has these shortcomings, how is it that, that we are so fervently behind him? I thought it needed just, you know, it's amazing how many emails I've gotten saying, this is exactly what I wanted to say. And I, and I know it. I know this is the defense. And so I felt somebody needs to put it out there. And that's all I did was put it out there. Amen. So he fights. You, you basically start off referencing the, uh, the brusqueness of Donald Trump, his Twitter uh, or his Twitter uh, account, and the fact that he has found himself in this drag out uh, fight with the media. And so how do we how do we reconcile uh, Donald Trump against the backdrop of the norm, if you want to call it that, the people that have typically been in, you know, uh, come out of the Republican ranks and even, you know, sort of the last president that we've had for the eight years. Um, what is it about Donald Trump that makes him the right president for this time? Yeah, and, and it's very much a matter of for this time. Look, I, I start the article somewhere in the very first paragraphs. I point out we have tried collegiality. Could there be anybody who's to be more collegial than, than John McCain? We've tried dignity. George Bush ran his entire presidency with quiet dignity, just taking the outrageous lies and attacks upon him and, and just being dignified. Uh, we tried propriety. Could there be a nicer guy than Mitt Romney? You know, go back to H.W. Bush. This was a, you know, just a, a, a guy who went about his business. Unfortunately, during this entire time, while we've been dignified and collegial and proper, the left has been playing by Saul Linsky rules and, and the Chicago mob rules, by Barack Obama's own estimate, they're in a knife fight, and if we actually fight back, they're going to bring a gun. That's what, that's what Barack Obama said. And until we begin to realize that we are at war with the left, better said, the left is at war with us. Right. Until we recognize this, then we're going to lose. You know, it's, it's actually a dilemma that good has always faced when it's up against evil. Because good has constraints upon itself. There are things that good won't do. But there's nothing evil won't do. There's nothing they see as sacred, and they, there's nothing they see as beyond the pale. And at a certain point, if you don't lower your standards a little bit, 
recognizing that it's war, doing things in war that you wouldn't do in peacetime, then you're going to lose. And by the way, Saul Winston knew this, which is why he made one of the rules for radicals make the other side live up to their rules. Because if the other side has rules and you have none, you're going to win. Mm. You know, the other side will kill civilians, and you will, and so you wrap yourself in human shields and march into Jerusalem. At some point, you've you got to kill the civilians. Even you know, you, Otherwise, if you live up to your standards, your ideals, the perfection, you're going to lose to evil. What no. you just said is so important for people to get their heads around in today's political environment because as you said good has constraints we use tactics politically to try to get candidates into office to try and defeat issues now we've got the this gas tax that we're facing in California and we can no longer use the rule book that we used to use in fact that's a hallmark of Donald Trump's pre- campaign and presidency is he threw out the rule book, which is what disturbed so many people about him from the get-go. Right, and from our side, it did so because we were slow to recognize that this is really war. There are still people in the conservative movement who don't get how the left goal is the utter destruction of Western civilization. And... If you don't realize that, then you do want a president who, who is, is dignified and proper and, and all of the above, at least in public. But here's the funny thing, as I wrote in the article, I didn't find Barack Obama to be dignified or proper or collegial, not in how he ran the office. He might have, when he was on camera, reading off the teleprompter, but I don't find anything collegial or proper or, or, or dignified about lying about the, the death of our ambassador in Benghazi and covering it up by arresting and imprisoning an innocent filmmaker. I didn't see anything collegial or, or dignified or proper about selling guns to the Mexican cartels to be used against American border guards. I didn't see anything dignified or proper. Yeah, he looked better reading from a teleprompter than, than this president does tweeting. But dignity and, and collegiality and, and propriety those those aren't show pieces. They're actually in the heart and the soul of the human being. And given that, I think Donald Trump is far more proper, collegial, and dignified than, than Barack Obama ever was. You also analogize Donald Trump to uh, wartime leaders like General Grant and General Patton. Right. I mean, there, there's an expression that we all know. We, we refer to people as wartime or peacetime presidents. Because there are different things expected of you. There are different standards that, that you're held to in war. They're, they're lower. You know, and, and you look at the, you look at, uh, Ulysses Grant, and he was a drinker. He drank too much. He sometimes engaged in behavior unbecoming. And had Lincoln held to the level of peacetime dignity, he might have jumped him out of the, out of the military. But had he jumped him out of the military, then the Democrats might still be holding their slaves today. You know, George Patton was, was a vulgar-talking SOB. In peacetime, he might have gotten knocked down a few ranks. But had, had Roosevelt held to the peacetime standards of dignity, decorum, and whatnot, then the National Socialists would, would, would just be beginning their, their thousand-year reich. 
And so that's the reality that we have to recognize, is that in peacetime, you can be collegial. In war, you win the war. Absolutely. And that wartime analogy is so important today. And we'll continue with that thought after the break. And we'll also be telling you about the event that Evan is going to be headlining in the Inland Empire on August the 12th to help us kick off the NoCAGasTax.com signature gathering effort for the initiative by Travis Allen. More with Evan up ahead after a break. From Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with Evan Sayed after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting the station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event. Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 0114 And California Finance Lenders License number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. AM 590 The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are pleased and honored to have Evan Sayed on the line with us today. Uh, has the uh, top-rated uh, video on heritage, as well as an article we've been discussing, which is the number one article for eight days in a row on Town Hall called He Fights about Donald Trump and being a, the, first, the first wartime president in the culture war. Amen. And that's so true, is there are so many Republicans, and that's one of the great schisms, is do you see it as an existential threat to the country? Are we at war, or is it just politics as usual? Yeah, the Democrats get in, and they'll ramp up spending and regulation, and maybe we get in and maybe trim it back a little bit, and back and forth and back and forth. And I think all three of us are, yeah, this is an existential war for the future of the country and Western civilization. Right, and and war happens when your beliefs are incompatible with the other. Not when you have disagreements, because you can compromise, but when they are mutually exclusive, when they are 180 degrees from each other, because there's no compromise to be found. You know, so we, we cannot compromise with Islamism, because we seek modernity. They seek to be primitive and, and to live in the time of Muhammad. You know, so what is the compromise that we could reach with them? We'll, we'll live in the 1800s? Well, what, what, there's just no compromise. One has to win and one has to lose. You know, there was no compromise to be found between the National Socialists and, and, and Western civilization, liberal democracies, lowercase l, lowercase d. And so war was the only option. Well, in America today, modern liberalism, which is not lowercase l liberalism, Guys, the truth is that the lowercase l liberals reside in the Republican Party and the conservative movement. Because what we seek to conserve is this liberal democracy. 
on the left, as you know from my book, they don't believe in American exceptionalism. They don't believe in Christian exceptionalism. They don't believe in, in, in America as a nation. They believe that they're citizens of the world. And these beliefs are antithetical to our beliefs. And, and so it really is, there's no choice, there's no compromise to be found with the left. You know, one of the points I make in, in my book is that because liberals don't believe in, in that any culture is better than any other, when people do bad things, like when the Islamists fly their airplanes into our buildings, right, we recognize that the way to stop them from doing it again is to defeat them, is to kick the crap out of them, is to make them so weak they are incapable of doing it again. But, because the liberals don't think there's anything wrong with Islam, when they do terrible things, they must have been provoked. So their solution to a terrorist attack is exactly the opposite of ours. Ours is to punish them and weaken them. Theirs is to reward them and coddle them because we provoke them. We're the bad guys. So where's the compromise? Be nicer to them Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and bomb the crap out of them Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday? Not possible. Right. There is no middle ground between the hate America always left and the American people who recognize the exceptionalism of this great land. And with that, we need to take a break. You can, can, we, can you stay with us for one more segment so we can get to the punchline of your article? <laughs> I would love to. All right. We're with Evan Sayet. He's written an article that is trending now for eight days on townhall.com. He's also the author of the book, a great book that he's referenced a couple of times here, The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks, and his website, evansayet.com, back after the break. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the most important radio program. For the most important political office, that of private citizen, we're visiting with Evan Sayet. He is a uh, author, a commentator, a comedian, a humorist, and he has written an article called He Fights about the Donald Trump's entry into the culture war, and he's the right guy for the right season for the war that we've been in that we haven't realized we've been in for four decades. And uh, it's a great article. We've gone through the premise now. Donald Trump, you 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 postulate, is the president for leading us into the battle of the the final battle, if you will, possibly for America in the culture war. Right. I mean, as I don't know if you just said this. I don't think you did. You said it earlier. But he's the first wartime president in the culture war. He's the first pro-American fighter. In, in that office, you know, the anti-American fighter, Barack Obama, was there for eight years. Uh, the, another anti-American fighter, Jimmy Carter, was there for four years. But we, up until now, we, we didn't really have a culture warrior, somebody who recognized that this is war and was going to bring, he's the first one to bring a knife to a knife fight. <laughs> you know, yep. up, uh, up until now, they've been using Saul Linsky tactics and, and the Chicago mob rules where nothing was held sacred, nothing was beyond the pale. Harry Reid would stand on the Senate floor and lie about Mitt Romney, and when asked when the lie was exposed, you know, do, 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 are you sorry that you... And he shrugged his shoulders, smiled, and said, he's not president, is he? Exactly. They have, and when you're <laughs> up against this... You cannot hold yourself to the standards of decorum and collegiality and propriety that you would in peacetime. 
Absolutely, the country is on the line, and we need to do everything legally possible to fight to save her. And the state? I, I got to tell you, I would say even I would say even illegally. I don't know everything illegally, but you know there is a progression of things that you do to uh, to address your rightful grievances. They they start perhaps at the ballot box and they go to perhaps you take somebody to court. But what do you do when when the the, the ballot box is tainted by both corruption and gerrymandering? What do you do when the courts don't care about the law because they're activists? You know, you used to maybe go to the local newspaper and, and, and they would write a story and expose the injustice. But what do you do when it's fake news? All right, so you then get to the next level, which is action. All right, first, perhaps you protest. We've protested. Millions of us went to Washington, D.C. As, as the Tea Party. And we were so peaceful, we didn't even litter. And yet the fake news media and the enemies of America portrayed us as evil racists. So the next step is civil disobedience. And, and in a certain way, I believe that the election of Donald Trump was a massive act of civil disobedience. We didn't follow the rules. We didn't follow the, the dictates. We, we, it, it was an uprising, and I believe it was an act of civil disobedience. And the bad news is, if civil disobedience fails, having followed those other progressions, if civil disobedience fails, the only thing left is violence. And look at what the left has done. They have uh, their their rhetoric, their rhetoric against Donald Trump. They're postulating that he broke the rules, that he broke the laws in order to be able to get to be president. What has that done? It's resulted in groups like Antifa taking to the streets. It's even resulted in this knucklehead that went to the Arlington, Virginia with a gun to shoot, to hunt down and shoot Republicans. I know, but knucklehead's violence. a pretty strong term there, Don. <laughs> All right, I'll ratchet it violence, back. Violence is endemic to the left, whether it was the National Socialists, whether it's the Communists, whether it's the Democratic Party of William Ayers, the terrorist, whether it's Black Lives Matter or Occupy Wall Street or the threat of, if you don't do what I say, I'm Al Sharpton, if you don't do what I say, there'll be no peace. Violence and intimidation on the college campuses, violence is endemic to the left. And at some point, if, if we can't get legitimate uh, or legitimate grievances addressed through peaceful means, it really, I, I don't see any other means than, than to, to fight violence or violence. We can't stop talking about your article without getting to the punchline of how Donald Trump literally turned the left's rules back on them when it comes to that one tweet with that gif of CNN. <laughs> and he did exactly what they've been doing for us. He picked a target, he isolated it, and now look at what everybody's doing. The The internet is ablaze with uh, you know these gifs showing Donald Trump versus CNN. I mean, the one the one that I love is Braveheart, where Donald Trump is Mel Gibson's head. And he's like, we've got to fight for freedom. And you've got all of the all the folks, you know, in the army like, yeah, lead us on. I mean, this is really a Saul Alinsky tactic turned back on the left, isn't it? Well, there's, there's a magnificent scene in the movie Patton. Where, where Patton is looking over at, at this tank battle that's taking place between him and Rommel's uh, troops. 
and and Patton is is winning. Patton is destroying the Rommel's tanks, and at one point Patton yells out, "Rommel, you magnificent bastard! I read your book." Well, that's like Donald Trump holding Saul Linsky's book because he has been employing these tactics that are so dear to the left that Hillary Clinton's senior thesis was written on this evil man and his evil tactics. Barack Obama is, is steeped in the school of this evil man and his evil tactics. Uh, and, and as you pointed out, one of them is, is to isolate the opponent. You know, Trump could have railed against the fake news media. And it would have been too many people and too many things. And so he, he isolated CNN and he froze them. That's what, that's what Olinsky says to do. Isolate, freeze, and ridicule. And that's exactly what this, 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 uh, the video you're talking about, the meme mm -hmm. that you're talking about did. And it's working to perfection. Because CNN at this point only has two choices. They have to respond. Right. So they, they can respond by going high, being dignified and, and, and reporting honestly on the news. But the problem with this is if they were to report honestly, that would be the end of the Democratic Party. The only thing that keeps the Democratic Party afloat are the nonstop lies of, of the leftist media. And it would expose you know? everything that they've been doing for the past 8, 10, 12 years. Well, but then the other choice is for them to double down to try to, to become even more hysterical, come up with even bigger, faker stories than ever before. But the more they do this, the more obvious it becomes that Donald Trump was right all along. The media is fake. You know, and that's what's happened. CNN has tripped itself up repeatedly, printing stories so fake. You know, the libel laws in America are so overwhelmingly difficult for anyone to win a suit against the leftist media and yet their stories are so fake they had to retract them and erase them for fear of losing the lawsuits to the people they made up the lies about. And speaking of making up lies, what did they do? What was CNN's immediate response? They turned their investigative machine on, and they went after the guy that created the GIF. They outed him and threatened him with doxing, which is basically exposing who he is and where he lives so that people could go and threaten him. And Who's his job? Right. And that's that was their response to being confronted with the well, the truth of who they are. Well, they are so wrapped up in their hatred of Donald Trump that they couldn't that they, they they overplayed it, they overreacted to it, and made themselves look even worse than they would exactly, have. They, that's exact. That's exactly my point. Because they only had two ways to respond to Trump. One of them was to go high, and they couldn't do that. So by going low, they exposed themselves, and they, and they opened themselves to even more ridicule and made it even more obvious that they are nothing but fake news. But Donald Trump can't fight this culture war all by himself. We need on the ground to get organized in order to support him and this this pushback on the culture war on the media and the the liberals and the left in Sacramento may have given us a generational opportunity in order to push back. I think that the left may have pushed the political pendulum to the breaking point, And we now have an opportunity to turn all this around on the left 
with the uh, gas tax that's just been foisted upon the backs of every working every working Californian, particularly those out in the Inland Empire that commute, this Jerry Brown gas tax. And we're going to kick off the event to gather signatures on August the 12th. This is Travis Allen's signature gathering event. Uh, go get more information on nocagastax.com. And we will be back in just a moment to fill in the blanks on how you can get involved and Evan's final thoughts on this. Time for a word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And there's, an exa- there's a way to actually do that and show how important that what we say is, is, is true. And that comes to this gas tax that the Democrats pushed through just a couple of months ago, 12 cents a gallon for gasoline, vehicle license fee increased, 20 cents a gallon for diesel. So if you buy anything that's carried in a truck, you'll be paying more for it. And there's an initiative sponsored by Travis Allen, who's now running for governor. And we're going to have a kickoff event that you're organizing, Don, on August 12. And you'll tell more about all the details on that. But Evan Sayet is going to be one of the guest stars at this event. Wait, 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 wait. Apparently, I was just demoted. Don said earlier, keynote. You are the keynote speaker. Keynote speaker. That's not- one of the speakers. Everybody else is one of the speakers. You got to forgive Greg. Every yeah. once in a while, he'll <laughs> slip up. And uh, yeah, tra- yeah, Travis Allen and Donald Trump are just some of the speakers. Evan is the uh, Evan is the keynote. <laughs> exactly right. But your article, "He Fights," is a perfect complement to what we must now do in California. We must fight. We must organize. We must push back because the only way that we're going to have an opportunity to push back on the 120 or so legislators in in Sacramento that think that they can foist every fiscal error, including pension plans, misallocation of our gas taxes in the past because we have the worst roads, misallocation of our education funds because we have the worst education system in the country, misallocation of helping the poorest of poor because we have the worst poverty in the country in California. Now they have put Every error that they've made on our backs with a higher gas tax, we're not even getting into how this uh, cap and trade monstrosity that unfolded earlier in the week is going to impact us. But I believe, Evan, that we can pile every single malfeasance of the left that they have put on us in California on and funnel all that energy, all that frustration into organizing to get out the people to get the signatures necessary to put this on the ballot in November of 2018. And you have perfectly framed everything that we must do inside of this article. It all gels right now. It's like a perfect uh, antidote to the left. And I'm so happy that you're going to be a part of this event on August the 12th. The keynote speaker, by the way. 
And right. yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be part of it. I'm going to be the keynote speaker. You're the man. You guys are, are going to be part of it. That's right. That's right. We're just merely the organizers. <laughs> You're the guy that's going to hit the ball out of the park with the Grand Slam. Here's, here's two things I, I want people to take away, you know, because somebody said to me, how can you be so optimistic looking at the numbers here in California, looking at the, you know, the, the D-plus numbers and whatnot? You know, Wisconsin was Democrat. Pennsylvania was Democrat. What am I leaving out? Michigan was Democrat. All right? And the people who made the difference in these elections, most people voted the way they always vote. What made the difference is that uh, working people came out in numbers that they'd never come out in before. And, and I think that we have those people here, too. We've got the people who have been devastated by Democratic Party politics. You know, they've, they've accomplished in this state what they accomplish in all of their strongholds, and those being the cities. They've created two Californias, just like they created two New Yorks. There's the very, very, very rich white liberals who can afford to live in Manhattan, and then there are the people of color 20 miles down the road in Harlem, far enough away that they won't visit them at night, but close enough that they can clean their houses during the day. They've turned California into the very, very rich and the rest of us who are struggling. And this gas tax is, is, is a tax on the poor. This isn't a tax on the very, very rich. You know, David Geffen's not going to not drive his yacht because it's 12 cents more a gallon. You're not going to be able to take your kid to Little League. And I think you're exactly right. This is an issue that, that's going across uh, partisan lines and, 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 and what letter you've registered as exactly. on, 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 your, on your registration. So it's a perfect issue. It's the perfect time. And, yeah, it, it, either we fight or we die. That's it. This is the uh, generational opportunity that the left has given us to push back on this because they have they have they have pushed the envelope so far. We have the highest income taxes. We have the highest sales taxes. Now we have the highest gas taxes. And and, then they're about to add gasoline to that fire with cap and trade and all of that. We can pile on the back of this of this initiative to send a message to Sacramento to say enough is enough and to start pushing back. And in the process, we might even be able to carry Travis Allen across the finish line, get him out of the primary and send him to the general election uh, for the first time in a long time. We may have a shot at getting a Republican on the ballot in November because of this issue. Absolutely. Can you start buying tickets yet for this event? Where is Absolutely. It be? Where, well, when is it going to be? It's going to be August the 12th. Doors open at 530. You can go to the UniteIE.com website. There's a link there to go get tickets, become a part of this movement. We're not only going to have Evan say it, uh, we're going to have a friend of his, uh, a compatriot, Alfonso Rachel, and the other speaker is going to be Travis Allen himself, the gubernatorial candidate who's going to be there to speak on behalf of his NoCAGasTax.com initiative. And it's going to be an organizing event. So those of you that want to get involved to volunteer, go to the UniteIE.com website, uh, click the link. Uh, tickets are $20. All of those proceeds go to help us to fund this effort throughout the Inland Empire and push this across the finish line. I can't be happier, Evan, that you've agreed to be a part of this. Thank you so much for bringing I'm not a part of it. I'm keynoting. You're a part of it. <laughs> You see, the only problem is, 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 is Don told Alfonso, Rachel, and Travis Allen, they were keynoting also. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you on the 12th. We can't wait. Thank you so much for for uh, keynoting this event. We'll see you on the 12th. God bless you, Evan, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Yes, sir. And everybody, buy my book. Buy your book. Go read the article and go to Evan Sayet's website, evansayet.com. We'll be back after this break. We're from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. We'll be back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We just finished up a couple of great segments with Evan Sayed, who's the keynote speaker at the August 12th kickoff for the signature gathering effort throughout the Inland Empire for the NoCAGasTax.com initiative that's been filed by uh, Travis Allen. And just a little uh, bookkeeping note on that. Uh, the initiative actually was issued by the Attorney General on July the 8th, but now uh, there is a court case that's been filed by Travis Allen, because the language, the summary, and the title uh, were deceptive, to say the least. So as soon as that comes out uh, of the court and we get a rewrite on that, if the court agrees to it, and Travis Allen thinks it will, this this uh, the whole thing will go live. So in the meantime, go sign up to nocagastax.com to volunteer. Go to uniteie.com to get your tickets so that you can be a part of the kickoff on August the 12th. That's going to be a great event. Uh, Bill Pasco of Tea Party Patriots said that the Republicans seldom muff a chance to muff a chance. And you were talking about what a great opportunity that the Democrats had given us and conservatives in California by by overreaching and taxing the average Californian, because Californians love to raise taxes as long as they think it's on someone else. And since, everyone, since almost everyone drives, this was potentially a great issue. So what do the Republicans do? Um, and then this past week is they provided the necessary vote to pass the cap and trade tax that even the California Air Resources Board will increase gas prices over the coming decade by 70 cents a gallon. And if they admit to 70 cents a gallon, it's probably going to be a lot more. And this was an opportunity. And this is yet another opportunity. The Republicans could have won this. They could have stopped this. It could have been a morale boosting, a unifying uh, win on our side. But instead, seven Republicans in the assembly sold out and provided the necessary votes. Those include Assembly Leader Chad Mays from Ukaipa. And also includes Mark Steinorth, who he previously liked and supported, who from his, his district goes from roughly Redlands around north over to Ranch Cucamonga. Mike, Mike Morell's old district. Right. And um, when he was in the assembly. Right. And they, 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 have now, they have now imposed this huge gas tax and energy price. It also increased energy prices. And it undercuts everything that you're trying to do, we're trying to do with repeal the gas tax for yep. 12 cents a gallon. And now they've just helped the Democrats impose this much larger Increase And in the process, they gave five Democrats political cover, five Democrats who were in seats that are 
in danger that we could actually potentially flip. They gave five Democrats cover to three of them to vote against and two of them to abstain in the process. Uh, you know, the cap and trade issue is a really difficult one for for a lot of people. And I had to read extensively on it to get my head around it. Um, so, you know, it's understandable that there could be some uh, information out there that makes it look like a good decision was made on the part of, of these folks. I have come to the conclusion that on so many different levels, even if it might have been a good decision politically for us in the field, there are so many people in in, in our neighborhoods that are against this, that now all the work that we've been doing to win trust back in our communities to the Republican brand just got dashed upon the ground. I mean, it literally, literally wrecked. Oh, it did. And... My my question is, and there was a one of the state party officials, uh, last name is Dillon, he's the vice chair. Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet Dillon uh, was, was saying, oh, we, now we need to remove Mays as the assembly leader. That may or may not happen. Delba Carl says it's not likely to happen. But where were they before this? Why wasn't he, when, he was, when it was clear last week and even a couple of months ago that he was negotiating his sellout, Mays was negotiating his sellout to the Democrats on this issue, why didn't they remove him then? Why weren't they public then saying, don't do this? I am not convinced that, this, that the result, passing the cap-and-trade tax, is, is not something that the state party actually wanted because many big businesses, the Chamber of Commerce, were in favor of this cap-and-trade because the big businesses can deal with the energy prices. They can pass on right. the it's higher the small energy small businesses prices and the consumers their, that right. are going to end exactly. up bearing the brunt of this. And this, I think this, I think this is, is a disaster for the Republican Party, and I think also that we need to teach the party a lesson. If we tolerate their betrayal— and treat it as no big deal, it, they will keep doing it. Because I don't know where. I looked at the state party platform. I looked at the national platform. And nowhere in there did I see the concern about man-caused climate change. Yeah. I, this, this, this whole cap-and-trade thing is built on the notion that man-caused climate change is a real thing. This is what Jerry Brown says oh. is the evil facing our, our country and the world. And it's not. It's not. It's a hoax, and even if it wasn't, this bill makes no sense and it's a bad deal. That's going to do it for us. Another session of the Unite IE radio program comes to an end. Tune in every Saturday at 4 o'clock and sometimes at 8 for the Unite IE radio program. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.